Welcome to the Sales Lead Dog Podcast, hosted by CRM technology and sales process expert, Christopher Smith, talking with sales leaders that have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Listen to find out how the best of the best achieve success with their team and CRM technology. And remember, unless you are the lead dog, the view never changes. Welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Today I have joining me David Schlossberg of the Ferguson Alliance. David, welcome to Sales Lead Dog. Thanks, Chris. It's uh, I'm happy to be here. David is a business advisor and sales consultant. Um, David, tell me a little bit about what you're doing in your current role. Uh, so currently, um, I uh, I work with uh, fam primarily family-owned businesses that are in the ag and uh, horticulture uh, space and help them uh, develop their sales teams, their sales plans, uh, do some coaching and uh, also uh, strategic planning um, in, in those areas. Now, um, that's one of the reasons we reached out for you to come on the show, David, is uh, um, to really get your perspective on developing a sales leaders. Um, especially in family-owned businesses, I imagine um, it could be a bit of a struggle um, to develop as a sales leader um, within that environment, just because they're starting in the family and kind of working their way up. I imagine that's it's a bit of a struggle. Is that a correct assumption on my part? Um, absolutely. It, it, it tends to be, uh, becomes it becomes a struggle over time, especially if the, the business is successful and begins to grow exponentially, and uh, suddenly the you know the founder and the family um, are are faced with having to scale their business. And you know the typically a family business, the the founder and the owner is the sales guy, right? And right. so having to take on a different role as your business grows and you're trying to scale it is uh, can be a, can be a challenge if you're not you know if you haven't had that experience in in your past history. Oh, I bet, I bet. So, David, how did you get your start in sales? Oh, yeah, I just kind of got thrown into it. You know, I uh, I studied agriculture in in college and uh, went to work for um, went to work for a company and it was in Texas at the time. And basically, uh, you know, it was a company that was installing golf courses around the Southwest. And uh, I thought I was I thought I was joined to be the you know the lead uh, like project manager. And basically, the owner of the company said, "Well, you know, I need you to, I need you to actually sell." And I was mortified. I had no, 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 no aspirations to be in sales. Didn't think I had it. You know, just that was like the last thing from I could think of to to be a salesperson. And so, um, you know, the first few times were were a bit awkward, but uh, you know, over time, it kind of caught on. It sort of lit a fire in me, and I I became really passionate about selling and so my career beyond beyond that first job uh, all my um, prior jobs were in sales or sales management sales lead leadership throughout my career now so there's nothing like uh, there's the deep end dive in start yeah. learning um, what was that learning process like for you <laughs> you know yeah it was uh completely you know um uh, unorthodox or basically back then it was it was the norm you know there's no there was no sales 101 or 
or training or development. It was just like, here's the order order pad, go out and, you know, book the order and, uh, you know, figure it out for yourself. So um, it was, it was learning, learning as I went. And, um, you know, I guess I, I guess I had, um, you know, I have a high level of, um, a, you know, I guess you could say EQ or social awareness, and I'm a natural at uh, reading people. So I think I just use that skill to kind of read people and say, okay, am I doing, am I getting through to this person? Are they relating to me or am I screwing up? So just kind of testing things as I developed in my sales career. Um, but I, you know, that's not how we do it today. Yeah, <laughs> Thank, <yeah>. Thankfully. <laughs> or what, should, are some, shouldn't be. what are some of those key lessons you remember from those days? Um, yeah, do, do more listening, stop talking, um, ask questions yeah. and find, find, uh, areas where you, you have a common interest or common ground where you can actually connect with that person, uh, on a personal level beyond just selling your product or service. Right. Now, how did you connect with Ferguson Alliance? Um, oh gosh. So the founder of Ferguson Alliance, um, uh, has been a friend of mine and a colleague throughout uh, throughout my career, and so we've kept in touch over the years. He he actually worked for a, a a a nursery that was a competitor of the company I worked for. So we we uh, we actually competed against each other in the in the business, and then he went out on his own and started his uh, business advisory practice. So some ten years ago, and we reconnected as I was thinking about becoming an advisor, and he invited me to join his practice. So what are some of the the struggles or common struggles you see with, you know, because I think what you were saying earlier about this, like all of a sudden you're, you're dealt, you know, these, these business are facing a big growth and with that comes all kinds of challenges. What are some of those common challenges you're seeing in these people that are now tasked with, hey, you need to be a sales leader, you know, start executing. What are some of those common challenges? Um, well, first is, uh, you know, they, they need to recognize that um, they've got to make some changes and they've got to, uh, usually that happens, typically happens when they're not when they actually uh, should be doing it, but that's more it happens when they're feeling a lot of pain from, uh, uh, oh, being overwhelmed by not, you know, they're the, they're the face of the business, they're the sales guy they're completely um, consumed by the, that part of the business and not able to focus on the more strategic side of their business. And that's planning and, and developing, you know, an, a strategic plan for growth. So they recognize, okay, I've got to bring in someone from outside the business or, or bring someone up from within my team to develop as a, as a, to become the sales leader, to help build a sales organization and start professionalizing the sales part of, uh, you know, the sales function of, of my business. So it's usually pain and a re re realization or recognition that they've got too much on their plate and they're not able to step back and look at the business strategically. They're just too deep in it. And, and sometimes they don't even know that until they reach out to someone like me and say, hey, you know, I, um, really struggling with my business. Um, you know, we're trying to grow and I just, uh, can't seem to, you know, can't seem to get beyond that, um, uh, 
beyond this threshold that I'm at, I'm kind of stuck. You know, if I had had some help, I could, I think I could really scale my business. Yeah. What are, when, uh, are there certain things that they're doing in their business, you know, that are creating those plateaus? Um, well, yeah, or maybe not doing in their business that are creating the plateaus. Yeah. Well, not being able to, um, get out of the day to day, the weeds of, of running the business, especially on the sales side. Yeah. Uh, you can only do so much in, in, you know, in 24 hours or eight hours or 10 hours, however many hours you're working. Right. And so to be able to scale, you've got to have more, you, you've got to have a sales team and a sales manager to be able to scale your business. You, one person can't do it all. And I think that's, they get to the point where they're able to manage it and the business, it grows rapidly and it gets to a point where, you know, they can't go beyond that because they're limited in their, their ability to manage the business. Right. Let's talk about that. Let's dive into that a little bit. That Because I think as a sales leader, one of your primary functions as a sales leader is to build out a team to do exactly what you're saying. You want to grow, you got to scale it. So you need a team. Right. What do you teach your clients on, you know, what's the proper way to identify those those candidates uh, to, to come in behind them as the future sales leaders? Um, well, you, you, uh, you've got to, um, you've got to find someone that I would say, and I, I heard one of your, um, one of your speakers on a previous podcast say this also, you've got to find someone that, uh, is a good fit for your organization in terms of the, you know, their personality and their style, and also is a good fit for your customers. And, um, you know, they, they will, customers will be able to relate to this person and this person will be able to um, relate to them in terms of it. So there's, there's two things, a good fit for the organization, having the uh, ability to fit the culture and also to be able to be aligned with the customers that you're selling to. One of the common mistakes that I see is uh, people try to hire someone just like them. Um, is that what I should be doing as a sales leader or you know, should I be able to differentiate a bit? Um, that's a really good point. And actually, um, I think the, you could say part of that answer is yes, because you want someone that is aligned with your values and, um, uh, and, and is able to, um, so if there's not alignment in values, you've got a, an issue. So in that, in that sense, you want someone that is like yourself, but in terms of the, you know, their their view on how to build a sales team and how to be effective in developing salespeople. Um, that's an area that obviously it's a skill you probably don't have, and that's the skill you're really looking for in a leader, sales leader. Yep. Yeah. See, that's the thing that I think a lot of um, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I know a lot of entrepreneurs just because of, you know, we tend to flock together. Um, that's a real struggle for a lot of us to uh, um, to be able to step away and, and realize that, hey, I need someone else to run this part of my business and to really understand that, hey, maybe I don't have the skill set or the knowledge to even identify who that is. I need to go get someone to help me. Um, I think a lot of times a common thing I see is that, you know, we keep trying to do everything ourselves instead of right. going and getting help and saying, do this for me, find the right person or, or help me develop this, this 
area that I'm deficient in. Um, how do you help your clients through that process of realizing that, hey, I'm probably not the best person in this area and I need help? Yeah, that's a that's a um, a bit of a challenge because um, you know oftentimes a an entrepreneur uh, tends to really believe they can you know they they can do this they've been doing it um, why do I need to pay somebody to help me figure out how to do this and so it's a you, you have to try to be um, try to be purposeful in your conversations where you're you're painting a picture saying okay what let, help me understand, or let's try to talk about where you want to, what's your vision for this business? Where do you want to take it? And what are your goals? Okay. So you want to, you know, you want to, you want to build a business 4X or 5X in five years. And have you thought about how you're going to accomplish that? And well, no, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with that. Okay. Well, let's break that down. You know, let's talk about your, your business functions. And in, in particular, probably the most important, which is sales. So, you know, how do we, how do we go from where we are today in the, the, what I like to call the current state to the future state five years from now? And, you know, have you thought about bringing somebody in that might be able to help you build out a sales organization? Because that's typically how you grow a business exponentially is by growing your sales organization and having a sales leader who can hire the best talent that's uh, out there for this, for your particular business. And bring those people in and get them on board, and then you you've just magnified your coverage and you're able to expand your business. So that's you sort of walk them through first, ask them to share with you what's their vision for growth, and then talk about how you know how you're going to get there, the roadmap. Yep, yep. I love that approach. I mean, that to me, if you don't have a clear, it's easy. Or say it's easy. It's actually hard to set your strategic goals and all that. But what's even harder is to create that connection between those setting those goals and actually have an execution plan or roadmap of how we're going to achieve it. And right. that, I've seen that's the big gap and being able to help companies say, hey, here's how we're actually going to make this happen. Unless you're doing that step, setting the goal is you're just setting a goal. If you don't have a plan right. to actually get there, good luck. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with strategic plans. You know, you can go through all that work and, and hammering out this uh, really impressive strategic plan and put it in a binder and it goes up on the shelf. Exactly. So that's a, it's got to be a living, active, breathing document that uh, gets updated um, routinely. And there's an action plan that yeah. actually talks about how your organization is going to implement that strategic plan and step by step. Yeah. So when, when you're working with uh, a client and they have sales leadership, um, how do you like to engage or what, what do you recommend uh, to your sales leaders to say, like, these are the areas where, you know, do you start with uh, having them like strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats kind of analysis, or how do you like your sales leaders to start this process of working with you? Uh, actually, you, you, uh, you, that's exactly right. You, you, what I'd like to do is start with the sales leadership um, and the sales team and really identify what are the, what are the gaps. You know, do a SWOT analysis to see where everyone is in terms of how they perceive their sales organization, not just the sales leader, but the sales team. Interesting. So you, 
So you would include uh, um, someone from the sale, sales, outside salesperson, if you have customer service, you would include somebody from customer service so that you're, um, you're getting uh, different perspectives from people that are working within your organization and dealing with your process. You know, what's, what are their pain points? Right, I love that. What are some of the common findings you, you get out of that? Are there any surprises people see um, after that is done? Um, oh, sure. You know, it's uh, oftentimes, well, I just, I know the, the company that I, I worked with the last, uh, my last job was, we did that. And, you know, they, we, you know, discovered that the, the process, the, the sales ordering process was very cumbersome and, and clunky. Um, the, the reporting um, tool was, was a, a real nightmare. So you just, uncover things that people are really feeling pain with um and that's uh that's where you kind of know okay well here's here's some things we got to work on and what what tools and how do we approach that so for example the sales process is clunky well then let's talk about putting together a team to look at um again what are we trying to achieve um let's uh let's break down our process step by step and see where where there's an opportunity to improve that and then uh, let's look at what kind of um what kind of tool we need in terms of um crm or sales you know sales order um software that we need to implement to support that process yeah. one of the things that i see in my world implementing crm is when i engage with the sales teams a lot of times when we start working with them they're very focused inward on what their processes are and they lack that perspective to look at themselves from the customer's side of what's the experience we're creating for our customers and what barriers are we putting up for them to work with us and you know how can we make it easier that kind of thing a lot of the companies i work with when we first start you know, they're totally looking inwards instead right. of looking from the perspective of the customer. Do you see that in your world? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, uh, that's quite an eye opener for, uh, for the team when you say, okay, well, let's, let's take a step back here and think about the customer experience. And, and this, this process we're developing, it should be about the customer. Number one, what are their needs? And, 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 and how do we, discover what they what they need and how do we uh, how do we achieve um, that great level of customer in intimacy and let's help that uh, be a first of all that means that becomes a, a component of our process as we develop it that we're taking into consideration that customer experience so very important and, and oftentimes overlooked Oh yeah, I, I, to me and that's it's always shocking to me that it's uh, but I guess it's natural I shouldn't be too shocked but um because it's a lot easier to tackle and say you know to focus on what's in front of you versus putting yourself in your customers shoes you know right. that, that takes a lot more work but it's such important work absolutely what about failure failure is just a huge part of sales you can't win them all um <laughs> how do you leverage um failure in working with your clients um so failure comes in all shapes and sizes and forms and fashions but it's um you know i like to think about the the sales 
salesperson who's interacting with with the client and you know i can speak from personal experience where um you basically screw up and uh you know the best the best way the way i've always approached it is to be transparent and and uh and communicate right away when there's or when you've made a mistake and oftentimes the client will appreciate your your honesty and your transparency and oftentimes that becomes an actual opportunity to to uh for future business when you as you work through that uh that that problem there if they are the you know the kind of customers that uh really are ethical and also appreciate someone else who's ethical and honest they'll work with you to come up with a solution that uh ends up being um maybe not not necessarily win-win but also definitely something that's reasonable and really strength strengthens the relationship by uh really developing that level of trust because now they know you have integrity and you're not going to you know pass the buck or blame it on someone else or whatever the have an excuse you just say hey look you know we screwed up and here's here's the deal how can we work this out no um do you have any failure stories from your career that you share with your clients um so the uh the I guess what I'd like to share with clients is because it has to do with interpersonal relationships and man managing management style and, and, and being able to develop a cohesive team that really learns how to work well together. And you know, in my in my in my experience, you know, when I was just getting started in my first uh first role as a sales leader, you know, I um I tended I I tended to be someone who demanded a lot from my team because i had real high expectations for myself you know i tend to be very competitive i don't like to lose and i i like to respond quickly so when others around me may not have that same energy level or that same sense of urgency back in my earlier career i would get very frustrated with those uh, colleagues and um that would be received or interpreted as someone as as my being um abrupt and perhaps and didn't didn't relate all that well and the the reaction I was getting from my sales team was pretty negative so it wasn't until somebody pointed that out to me um that I, I realized you know hey I've, I've got to be able to be uh sensitive to and aware of uh the people that I work with and so what I think works really well is for a sales team that's uh uh, wanting to develop one of the first things we like to do is is uh, an assessment of the behavior styles of everyone in that group and because it's a real eye-opening um, experience for for people when they understand more about themselves and how they perceive the world around them and people around them and what you know what uh, areas where they are really good and areas where they struggle and understanding your teammates the same way so there's you have an appreciation when you are are working with someone and they react a certain way you're kind of like okay well i understand where they're coming from and um you know that's okay it's not it's nothing personal so it really helps develop the the interpersonal relationships within a team and helps them work together much in a much better way more effectively is there any particular assessment you prefer over the others 
Um, well, we uh, we like to use the disk assessment. Right, right. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Yep. And uh, um, I know you can use a lot of these assessments the right way. There's also a wrong way to use this. Those assessments. What are some of the wrong ways to use an assessment that you you know advise your clients against? Hmm. Um, really hadn't given that much thought but as far as a, a wrong way to use them. I think, uh, you know, it's really, it's really about taking the time to, um, uh, first of all, do the one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, review or debriefing um, and do it in a way that's um, uh, that person receiving the information feels comfortable and, and, safe and knowing that there's no judgment being made everything is is basically um just just a score and there's no right or wrong answers there's no good or bad it's just how we how you are how we are so being able to break get them comfortable with understanding this is not a this is not a test where you score an a or an f this is <laughs> this is just an assessment of your particular style and your behavior yeah. style and everyone is unique and we all have areas where we're, we have um, that work really well and that were really are strong for us. And we have areas that could certainly always use some some work and some development. But it's not saying you're failing or you're, do, or, or you're doing great. It's just it is what it is. So getting beyond that hurdle. So if it, I would imagine if if someone that is, um, you know, giving those uh, working with those clients and they're not taking the time to really set the 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 climate or the tone for that discussion that could be that could be an issue so um right and then the next step is getting getting the group together and again um being able to set the tone for why we're doing this and and how it uh how it relates to the group uh can be transformational if it's done done well and done right right i think you answered that question really well just by saying what you should be doing it's really apparent what you should not be doing right, right. I guess so <laughs> yeah. awesome uh, let's shift our discussion to technology you mentioned this a bit before um, a lot of the companies that we engage with in our world they come in to us because hey they realize as part of you know maybe working with someone like you they realize like hey we need help with our sales technology CRM in particular, um, one of the common see, things we see is that a lot of companies just aren't investing in CRM like they should, or they've invested in it because they thought, well, if we get this, it's going to solve all our problems with the sales <laughs> team. How do you tackle introducing technology into your clients? Um, I, I start with, you know, they're um, just kind of how you teed it up. There's there there are um, there there are different ways you can approach this. And for from my experience, what works is spending time with with the team, um, and it can be. Uh, I like to to have a cross functional team to um again do us do a swat of all of the processes uh for each of the um the functional areas and then uh from that 
come up with a do a process improvement study or plan where you bring in these someone not just people from sales but people from production or operations um, and people from finance that can uh, because it's all linked right it's a yeah. um, it's it's a um, it's the enterprise solution and so we talk about um, what are this what's let's do a, a process flow map and we spend spend weeks sometimes months just mapping out uh from from the the minute uh you get a lead till the order's been shipped and uh, follow up with the client what are all the things that have to happen in that organization to support that sale and who are the you know what are the functional areas that are involved and let's let's map all that out in a process map and that really res seems to resonate with clients. Like, okay, yeah, that is sounds like something worthwhile, and uh, it's something that this that we need. We have never done that before. Um, so once you get all that work done, and it usually it the last company I was with, it took uh, it probably took six eight months to hammer that out with the organization, and then then we started shopping around for the CRM tool, and and going to the different you know, the, the different um, options that are out there to see who had the best, uh, um, uh, I guess, proposal in terms of flexibility and, and the technology support to be able to customize whatever it was they were pitching to, to support our process rather than the other way around where we were, we were modifying process to fit the off-the-shelf uh, CRM tool. Yeah, yeah. So that's the part that I... Um, struggle with is is the uh, a lot of times the clients we get they've got a CRM already and they were forced to do what you're saying at the end there they're they've had to adapt their processes to the limitations of the tool so they end up doing a lot of stuff in Excel spreadsheets or whatever just trying to make things work as opposed to the tool adapting fully to their process so that it everything flows free, you know, seamlessly and freely as it should. Um, it yeah, the other, the other thing that, uh, and I've experienced this, if you don't do that, <clears throat> adoption becomes a nightmare. Oh, because yeah. your salespeople are like, well, why am I doing it this way? This, this makes no sense at all. And they, you know, throw up their hands and, you know, go back to the order pad. That's right. Yeah. And that, those are some of the common symptoms. Like if you're listening to this podcast and, you, and you're, hearing those things that 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 those are strong indicators that you've got the wrong technology in place or it might be the right technology just not implemented the right way right um a lot of times that's the case you know that you don't necessarily have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. it's just is this set up the right way it's hard to know that you know if you're, unless you're an expert in that world but right um those are some of the common symptoms we see i mean you nailed it um what advice do you have for sales leadership when it comes to technology beyond what you already said? Is there anything else you would like to add to that? Um, yeah, I would add that you've got to um, you've got to have the support of uh, senior management or the executives, or if it's a family business, the shareholders. They have you absolutely need to show them the value that this will bring to the company, and they they have to embrace that and um and support that it become become uh, cheerleaders as well so that everyone in the organization organization sees that this is 
this is an initiative um, that's important to the whole organization, including the owners or the shareholders. Yeah, that, we, uh, so important. Yeah, I, absolutely critical. I, I was on a call um, last week and a person on the call asked me like, Chris, when we implement CRM, who should own CRM? And my response was, who's the top person in your organization? Right. Exactly. They own CRM. And that doesn't mean they're involved in the weeds and the day-to-day -day decisions around CRM, but they're the ones sending the message, the why, why we're doing this as a company that has to come from the top. And, and so I always ask that, like, people say, we need a CRM. I'm like, why? What's your why? What is it you're trying to do with this tool? And that why changes based upon where you're at in the organization. You have to have a why for your sales team. What's this going to do for them? Right. What's Personally, in it for me? Right. Yeah. What's in it for me? And, and how's this going to help me? You need to have a why for customer service, for operations, all those different elements of your organization. You have to understand what the benefits are going to be to them. And if you can't answer that question, you have more work to do to figure that right. out. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, David, I really appreciate you coming on Sales Lead Dog. This has been a very inter interesting discussion with you. If people want to reach out and connect with you, if they want to learn more about Ferguson Alliance, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, really is to uh, go to our website uh, and uh, just just click on um, you know connect and or or schedule a call. We're more more than happy myself or one of my colleagues to reach out to you and and have a conversation at uh, at no cost for an initial consult initial consultation. That's awesome. And we'll have all that contact information on the show notes. Um, so be sure to check out uh, the show notes at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Um, you'll get uh, access to David's episode as well as all our other episodes of Sales Lead Dog. Be sure to check those out and uh, subscribe. David, thanks for coming on Sales Lead Dog and welcome to the pack. Well, thank you so much for having me, Chris. I really enjoyed our time together. Awesome. As we end this discussion on Sales Lead Dog, be sure to subscribe to catch all our episodes. On social media, follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Watch the videos on YouTube. And you can also find our episodes on our website at impellercrm.com forward slash sales lead dog. Sales lead dog is supported by Impeller CRM, delivering objectively better CRM for business, guaranteed.